Amen. I heard somebody say amen. Let's say that out loud. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Let it be so. Praise the name of the Lord. It's so good to have Brother and Sister Salcedo with us this morning. Let's give them a hand. Amen. We love them. Beautiful people. Beautiful people. Pastor for many years at the Foursquare Church, and they're just great. It's so good to have them with us, worshiping with us this morning. How many of you would like to hear him preach sometime? Hey, amen. Praise the Lord. He's an incredible minister, and she sings. We'd love to have him back and minister uh, in this pulpit sometime. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord this morning. Amen. If I go home now, I have felt God. Amen. Well, we're not going home, so amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk just for a, <clears throat> just for a few minutes uh, today on winning the battle. Look at your neighbor and say, winning the battle. We live in a culture and we live in a time and age where as you around more Christians, you see, you see defeat in their life. You see them walking in defeat, don't you? And how many of you, maybe right now or you have in the, the, the past, uh, you've walked around in your Christian walk with being defeated. But how many of you know that's not what God intends or the way he intends for you and I to live our Christian walk. He intends for you and I to be victorious. He intends for you and I to walk in victory, to walk in power, to walk in being an overcomer, that when something hits our life and it doesn't sound good or what the doctor says or relationship or whatever it may be that we're not falling apart during that time, that we are walking in victory because we're a child of the King, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and we can be victorious. But we have an enemy to fight, and the Bible makes it very clear that if you are a born-again Christian walking with the Lord, that there is an enemy that is going to come against you. And Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 puts it this away. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of darkness of this age that we're living in, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places or the second, of the he second heaven or the heavenly realm. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, 12 in the, uh, the TPT translation, which is a, uh, just a translation of, of actually what uh, the NIV or, or the King James says. It says, your hand-to-hand -hand combat, this battle, is not with human beings. Men, it's not with your wife. Sister, it's not with your husband. But it's with the highest principalities and authorities operating in a, a rebellion under the heavenly realms, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world captive. How many would agree that you and I are in a spiritual battle? How many agree with that? How many agree that 
We come up against the enemy forces in our life to try to stop whatever we're trying to do for the Lord. And it's the principalities and the powers of the enemy that come against you and I. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says, Don't be ignorant of the devices. Don't be ignorant of knowing that the enemy is going to come against you. Because if you're breathing, let it be known that the enemy is after you. I like this little story that I found that, uh, about the Iraqi war. It says, what would have happened when us as Americans went to war with Iraq if we went in completely ignorant about the army that we were going to face? What if President Bush had got his army generals together and said, okay, who are the leaders? His general said, hmm, we don't know exactly they responded, but we're pretty sure they're not really good leaders. President Bush might have asked, how many are in the army? And what are their strengths as a leader, he would have asked, and what are their weaknesses? Mm, we're not really for sure about that, Mr. President. If the leaders aren't very good, the army must be weak. Okay, President, please don't worry about that. We got it covered. How about their weapons? Do they have any weapons that we should know about? Well, Mr. President, the last we heard, they had some guns and grenades, but uh, don't worry about that. That's not really any problem. President, sir, we also don't have any up-to-date information on them. We've been pretty busy, and, you know, we just don't have that information. But, no, we know that we're stronger and we're more powerful, so we can just go in and fight them. It won't be any problem. Can you imagine how the Iraqi war would have turned out if they would have not had any information about what was going on? Yet when it comes to spiritual warfare in our life, few of us know how to plan and prepare when the enemy comes to attack us. Most of us don't even know that we're in a war. And so in some surprise that most of us are so easily defeated when the enemy comes against us. The Bible, the Bible clearly lays out what kind of war we're in and what it takes to win the war. And how many of you believe as born-again Christians that we are on the Lord's side and God can tell us and show us that we can be victorious, Brother Mark, through the power and the work of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, and he makes it very clear that we are in a spiritual wrestling match. But you have to understand the word wrestling as the Apostle Paul put it in Ephesians chapter 12. He says that to understand what is happening, he says in the Greek the word wrestle means a struggle, a fight, a combat, not this WWF stuff. He says that we're in a struggle, that we're in a fight, and that we are in a combat against the enemy. The enemy is out to take you out. 
Uh, I read a story about a story about an uh, ancient Roman historian who wrote about an Olympic wrestler competition uh, back in the Roman Empire, saying this was a brutal, brutal sport of wrestling. There was this man who had won three wrestling matches straight in a row. But the last time, his opponent was unable to get his legs wrapped around him in a vice-like scissor grip and began to squeeze the life out of him. Does that not sound like the devil trying to squeeze the very life out of you and I? Trying to squeeze the very spiritual life that you and I have trying to squeeze it out of us. The Roman historical went on to write, he tried to break free by breaking his opponent's toes. Eventually, the opponent surrounded the, uh, surrendered the bout, but not before doing so much internal damage to him that he died soon after. The apostle Paul wanted you and I to know in Ephesians chapter 6, 12 that this wrestle against the enemy, that the enemy is brutal, church. Look what he is doing to the United States of America, this country. The enemy is, is brutal. Paul says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against... Let us read it close. He does not say we don't wrestle, born-again Christians. He says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of this dark age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in high places. See, in, 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 Gen in Genesis, the Bible says that God created the heavens and earth. And before that time, the angels were created. The angels were created. I hear music or something going, going on. Anyway, okay, I didn't know it was in the back or not. Okay. Uh, the, the, the angels were created. And at that time, later on, uh, there was one angel called Satan that came against God. And then he took one-third of the angels with him. He drew one-third of the angels with him. Now, Satan and the demons exist as a government of death and darkness. They are the rulers over darkness, and they are the government of darkness of this world. So you are fighting against, listen, principalities and powers and hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Again, for we are a, for the Bible says, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Satan and these demons, they are created as wickedness and has caused this world to be a pagan world. These wicked spirits, these demons are roaming around seeking who may, may devour, which causes so much death, so much hate, so much violence, so much evil. 
These evil spirits and demons are causing divorce. They're causing sickness. They're killing. They're depression, oppression, fear to the max, drug, abortion, killing of little babies, homosexuality, fornication, and rebellion. This world is out of control, church, and it's because Satan and his demons are governing this world through darkness. And Satan and his demons, they're brutal to the max. And make no mistake, you and your family are on his hit list. Let's quit playing church. Let's quit playing around and realize the devil and your family, listen, your family is on the hit list of Satan and his demons. Church, he's not playing around. He's not playing around with your family. He's not playing around with my family, and he's not playing around with this church, and he's not playing around with this community. The purpose of what the enemy is trying to do, he's trying to get your relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, he wants to destroy it. His purpose is to destroy your relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to that. And he'll go to any means to do that. He'll go to any tactic to do that. The enemy will destroy your life because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he doesn't care if you are a, just became a born-again Christian. He doesn't care if you've been a Christian a long time. I have watched over the last three or four years People that have walked in the faith for a long time. I have watched them little by little become cold in the Lord. Listen, church, you're not going to just slide into heaven. Listen to this, Pastor. You're not just going to just slide into the pearly gates. The Bible says that Paul said that you've got to fight the good fight of faith. And you've got to fight it to the end. You've got to fight the good fight of faith. Number two, he uses the same methodology that he's used forever. And that is to make us a slave to our own fleshly lust. Come on, I'm preaching here. Come on. He, he, he wants you, his methodology is, he wants to make you a slave to your own filthy lust. More obvious things is alcoholism, drug addiction, ungodly forms of sex. A better way to put it is to pervert the good God-given drives by seeking unnatural fulfillment. But the effect is always destructive. If he can get you to walk after your own feelings... After your, your own wants, your own de desires, your, your, your own things. See, this goes against our culture. This goes with the way that, this goes against the way that our, our culture tells you now. Do what you want. Be your own God. 
Walk after your own lust. Walk after your own wants. Walk after your own desires. Do what, just do what your insides tell you to do. Whatever the flesh tells you to do, just go ahead and do it. It's okay. It's no consequence in doing what you just want to do. It's okay living after your own flesh and your own desires. That's what the enemy wants from you and I. That's what the enemy wants to lie to you and I. It's what the enemy wants to tell the American church. There's no hell anymore. Man, I, I feel like I don't know where I'm going with this. But there's no hell anymore. I'm not really, if there's, a, if there's even a heaven. There was a worship leader that just come out a couple days ago and had lived for God, lived, lived, uh, had led thousands into worship. And now, wondering if there's really a God, if there's really heaven. See how the deception of the enemy, see how the deception of hell, see how the deception of the devil is rampant in the last days. But the effect is always destructive, church. If he can't get you that way, then he wants to bring chaos to your Christian home. He wants to try to break up that Christian marriage. He wants to torment your mind, right? He wants to bring confusion to that workplace. He wants to bring sickness on your body. He wants to bring financial collapse to your life. He wants you to quit on the things that really matter. Let me say that again. He wants you to give up and quit on the things that really matter. But there's some good news, and that is the good news of the gospel. But if you're, but if you're walking with Jesus and you're doing the right thing, and you know that there's not sin in your life, and you know you're living right before God, and you know that you're obeying Him the best you know how, and you know that you're seeking the face of God, and you know you're seeking His divine direction, and you know without a doubt that spiritual warfare is coming to your life, let me assure you, you are walking in the divine purpose, and remember the enemy will attack you. Every time you get attacked by the enemy, remember, you're getting ready to be promoted by God. God is getting ready to take you to a different level. Let me say that again. Every time you get attacked by the enemy, remember, you're getting ready to be promoted by God. God is getting ready to take you to a different level. If it happened in Christ... They crucified him. They hung him on a cross. He rose, they, he rose three days later. Now billions of people are saved because of the cross. De the enemy thought they had him. Hell thought they had him. Satan thought they had him. They crucified him. They put him on a cross. But three days later... Three days later, he arose from the dead. Now billions of people know the Lord Jesus Christ. Hell can couldn't hold him. The devil cannot hold him. Sin cannot hold him. Destruction cannot hold him. But on the third day, he rose again. And because he lives, now I live also. So 
But just remember, when it feels like the enemies come against you and your family and your health and you're fighting, maybe here this morning and you say, Pastor, my life's all messed up. I mean, it is just, pardon this in-country English, but it's all just all screwed up. I mean, my life is havoc right now. There's no way for it to be fixed. Satan's hit my home. Satan's hit my finances. Satan's hit my health. Satan's hit my, 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 my family. Satan's hit everything I know. Hell's knocking at my door. Demon powers are working behind the scene. I wake up in the middle of the night and want to give up and throw in the towel. You come to the right place this morning. You come to the right place this morning because it's the pure gospel of Jesus Christ to tell you, don't give up. They thought they had Jesus. Their demons thought they had Jesus. Darkness thought they had Jesus. Hell thought they had Jesus. Listen, those demons thought they had Christ when he took his last breath. They went back to hell and had a party. He died and they went back to hell, so to speak, and threw this party, so to speak. Can you imagine the the, the, the devil showing up and they're in hell and they're having this great party? We took the master out. We took the ones, we took the one who uh, healed the blind. We took the one who healed the leper. We took the one who looked at the little boy that was demon-possessed and spoke to him and the demon power left out of him. Demons, do you know? We just crucified him. No longer will that happen to us. No longer will anyone look and cast us out of someone and it'll no longer be because we were so powerful, we took the master out. What they didn't know. There was something called the Holy Spirit. To live, Brother Dale, down on the inside of Jesus Christ himself. And that spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That Holy Ghost working spirit that we don't talk about much. But it is the only power. Listen to me, church. I'm just leaning in because I'm getting ready to close. But listen, it's the Holy Ghost power that raised Christ from the dead that defeated the devil and his demons on that third day. It was the Holy Ghost, the power and working of the Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus Christ himself. Remember he told his disciples, I'm going away and I'm going to send you back the Holy Spirit to live in you for the same power that I casted out devils with is the same power that's going to rest on you. The same power that I laid hands on the sick is the same power that I'm going to give you. 
the same power that I look at the depressed and I look at the drug addict and I look at the alcohol and I said be free it's the same power that you're going to walk in and I'm going to walk in. And on the third day, that Holy Spirit brought him up out of the tomb and conquered death, hell, and the grave. Listen to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. He says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds in our life. The weapons we have to fight the enemy with have divine power. They have the power of the Holy Spirit. They have heavenly power. They have the resurrection power. Listen, the Holy Spirit, the divine power, the Holy Ghost power, the heavenly power, the resurrection power. Romans 8, 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That divine power lives in you. That Holy Spirit lives in you. That heavenly power lives down inside of you. You cannot combat. You cannot fight. You cannot wrestle the enemy without the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, Pastor. You will lose every time. You'll be defeated every time. You will fall short of winning every time. You have to have the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit working daily in your life to defeat this enemy. Some of you uh, might have heard of Charles Spurgeon. He once preached, which in his judgment was one of his poorest sermons ever. He stumbled all over himself. And when he got through, he felt that he had been a complete failure. If you've ever read any of his writings, he was a mastermind. He was greatly humiliated. And when he got home, he fell on his knees and he said, Lord God... Will Canis do something with nothing of that poor, awful, stuttering sermon? Bless that poor sermon, God. All through the week, he uttered that prayer of that poor, stuttering sermon. He delivered to over 3,000 people. He would wake up in the night and pray about it. He determined that the next Sunday he would redeem himself by preaching a great sermon. All of us pastors know what it is to lock the door on Sunday and come back to church on Monday and feel like handing in your license. What did I preach? Nobody got it. And how poorly I delivered that. And he said all through the week, he would utter that prayer and he'd wake up in the middle of the night and pray and he determined that the next Sunday he would redeem himself by preaching a great sermon. Sure enough, the next Sunday, the sermon went off beautifully. At the close, the people crowded around him and covered him with all kinds of praise. 
Sermon went, uh, Spurgeon went home pleased with himself, and that night he slept like a baby. But he said to himself, I'll watch the results of these two sermons. What were they? From the one that had seemed a failure, he was able to trace 41 conversions. And from the one that was magnificent sermon, he was unable to discover that not a single soul was saved. Spurgeon, with his, with his bright mind, said it was nothing but the Holy Spirit that was used to do the work of the first sermon. We can do nothing without the moving and work of the Holy Spirit in our life was also includes fighting our enemy. We have no power within ourselves. We have no power within ourselves. We have no victory within ourselves. We have no overcoming power within ourselves. It's only through the working and power of the Holy Spirit that we can defeat the enemy and the demons through the blood of the Lamb and the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit that lives down inside of us. The last scripture I have, and I love this passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter uh, 59 verse 19. It says, when the enemy, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. Notice not if he comes. But when he comes. Jude chapter 4 says he creeps in unaware. We're in a battle, aren't we, church? But when the enemy shall come in like a flood. When the enemy comes in with discouragement and depression and defeat and lack and lying to us. Tormenting our minds, leaving us feeling hopeless and downcast. When the pressures feel like a roaring flood. We feel overwhelmed about what's going on in our life. It feels like a destructive flood. We recognize that these forces against us are more powerful than we are. And we also understand I don't have enough strength to resist the flood. I feel doomed in my spirit. Remember, saints of God, the Lord is on our side. Remember the spirit of God that lives inside of you. We'll raise a standard up against that enemy. And Satan and the demons of hell will be defeated. One writer said, they who go against sin and Satan with the Holy Spirit at their head are sure to win the day. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit that lives down inside of you that comes up against the enemy and defeats him. I proclaim today, it's time that these strongholds that the enemy is placing in our lives to be broken, to be removed, to be torn down, to be demolished. It's times the walls of Jericho come down. It's time to sickness and disease leave our homes, leave our families, and it's time we walk in victory, church. Let us arise like Israel with the sound of ram's horns, the sound of worship in our voice, the sound of praise on our lips with a fight in our soul and a made-up mind that victory is ours, the enemy is defeated and Jesus is named that good place to give the Lord a great big hand church let's rise up this morning, come on let's stand to our feet this morning and give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords a hand this morning
Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Let's worship him this morning. Let's worship him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship him this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands. Is there? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father, this morning. We thank you this morning, Father. We thank you this morning, Father. We thank you for your grace this morning and your love this morning. Holy Spirit, just come in and just come in and touch us this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, just take it, church. Hide me from the rain. Oh, hallelujah. say, Pastor, you just sound like one of them old-time Pentecostal preachers. Don't damage, don't damage our service right now. Don't, don't bring it down. But you know, somebody could walk out of here. I've had people to walk out of my service before to find out that coming week they went out into eternity. And you don't know how that makes this pastor feel. I go back and trace and trace. Did I preach something? Did I, did I not say something I should have said? Or did I not give an altar call? If you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, today would be a great day to give your life to Christ. Yes. Amen. If you're backslid and walked away from God, don't feel ashamed. Your love's here. Come, come to the Lord this morning. Because you're not promised tomorrow. 
You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. I'm going to have them sing it one more time, and we're going to close, but I wanted to give that opportunity this morning. Amen. Let's sing it one more time. something that I don't know if I've ever done or if it has it's been a long time but I can't get out of here until the Holy Spirit I do this brother Dale young man I want you to come up here a minute yes I want you to come up here a minute I don't know what it is about this young man I don't think I've met him but one time have I But this young man, I just felt such a good spirit about this young man. And the Lord wanted me to tell him that his eyes on you. And he has a big plan for your life. And I don't know what it is. And nobody else here knows what it is. But God knows. You keep walking after God. And you keep going after God like you're doing. And God's got something great he wants to do in your life, young man. You've got a wonderful spirit on you. I, I don't think I've ever done this, but you've got a wonderful spirit on you. You walk with Him. You, you might at times feel like that nobody's looking and nobody cares and God's not even watching and God's not even looking. But you know, His all-seeing. He wanted me to tell you that His all-seeing eyes on you, young man, that He's going to use you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's give Him a hand this morning. Amen. God bless you. I love you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know what God has for that young man, but God's got something big. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. God bless you. You have a great time in the Lord this week. Walk with God, and God's got something great in your life.